Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is a Vencast Studios production. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Al Lu, and we are live at the Bellagio Hotel Room. I'm with my man, Guy, and my brother, Richard. I would like for you guys to come hang out with us on the Ride the Pine podcast. It starts now. Nice. Well, hey, man, thank you for that amazing intro. And yeah, um, Ride the Pine, part of Almighty Ballers Radio Network, um, live in Las Vegas. Um, what's up, guys? Hey, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, so Richard, Alan, my boys, my Lou boys from Seattle, um, you got this is not a new thing for you guys. You guys come down to Las Vegas almost every year for NBA Summer League. This is a new experience for me, and I am so just like overjoyed with emotion. It's a bit of a grind, but it's also just a lot of fun. But I always want to hear your initial first takes of this year and maybe kind of compare it to the years that you guys have gone in the past and what's new, what's different, and like what's this experience been like for you guys this time? Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously gotten a lot bigger in the last couple of years is because the Lakers are now in the lottery <laughs> and so the crowds are so much bigger than they used to be yeah so yeah so you get you get that whole you know a little bit more of a and now it's also ESPN's also broadcasting the game so it's much bigger than it was right. before so you get a little more crowd interaction than there used to be so yeah so that's where you know, you get a lot of the the pre uh, the games from the earlier sessions with uh, Lonzo and so you get the anticipation of everything he's doing and and so you, so you know people are you know a little reading a little more into this than they would normally <laughs> yeah but that's yeah and then you know maybe some other you know maybe some of the guys on some of the other teams are kind of a little more overlooked in that case yeah for sure because yeah. yeah everything's kind of building up towards that and then you know. The crowds go back to kind of where they used to be. Okay. Dispersed. And how about you? What are some initial takes? Well, I, th- I think it's been an interesting, you know, several days here in Vegas. You know, there's been some really good performances from, you know, Lonzo Ball, Fox, Tatum. And then there's been not, not so good ones from, like, Zach Collins and, and some other players. I was, I was kind of bummed out that... Cameron Oliver didn't play, but I mean, that those are my takes for now. Sure, sure. Um, there's been some crazy just games and hype and the atmosphere. The Sacramento and LA kind of beef is kind of becoming a rivalry of yeah. one state, the Great North versus the Great South. Yeah. Um, 
Baja California. And I would say, you know, like the Celtics Lakers and Celtics um, Philadelphia was kind of fun. And um, even some amazing matchups from like, you know, Minnesota and Golden State and Atlanta and a few other teams. Amazing performances from individual players. Is this kind of normal, though, in Summer League, or is this kind of an anomaly output? Like, these are 36 points, you know, 35, triple-doubles. Is this the craziest Summer League has been in terms of output, or is this pretty standard? Um, it's usually pretty standard to have a couple, like, one or two standout guys, because usually because yeah. you know, those are the guys who have solid roster spots, and, and, they're, and the team is kind of... Allowing them to have, 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 allowing those players to have more leeway. Like, you know, they, you know, like if you look at Golden State, I mean, Patrick McCaw's the focus, focal point of that team. And, yeah. and a lot of that is just, you know, them trying to get him to kind of expand his game. So he's doing things in summer league games that, you know, he's, he's never going to do in the real games where, That's you right. know, in the real games, he's going to pass to Curry, pass to Durant, right, right. but you know, but in order for him to expand his game, he's got to do more, and so this is the perfect avenue where he can, you know, he can try some new things and then kind of work on his game after the end of the season, so those, so you're going to get some situations like that where you're going to get some guys, you know, putting up 20, 30 points a game that probably wouldn't in the regular season because it's just not their role. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. And then um, in terms of, like, so these players, the Patrick McCaws and the, um, you know, the uh, Rashad Vaughns of Milwaukee, like, they're the dude in this team. They are not the dude in their, you know, actual yeah. team. So are you looking for anything specific out of these players, the second-year, third-year players? Are you looking for anything specific from the dudes that are trying to make it on the 17th roster spot? Or are you just like, can they play or they are not – they? should not be in the NBA. Well, you're looking for, well, for the guys who, you know, got, yeah, again, like the Rashad Bond, you're looking for like how they're going to grow their game. So a lot of them are, you know, they're experimenting with things. So you got like, you know, in the first game that Milwaukee played, Thon Maker is <laughs> shooting threes, even yeah. though, you know, you know, cause he's kind of, you know, trying to work on it. So it's this first chance to see this in a game, but for, you know, the guys that are, you know, undrafted, just trying to make a spot. It's really just, you know, is there a skill or something they can hang their hat on that they could maybe get them a roster spot That's where right. it's like, you know, you're just looking for, yeah, you know, it's really just, you know, even if it's just one, one, you know, it's like, you know, they can rebound or they can, you know, make open shots or, you know, they yeah. pass the ball or, you know, like just simple, you know, simple little things that, they can do to you know just catch one of those end of the roster spots or even just you know a training camp invite just to you know get make reach the next step so you know you're a lot of it is the bar compared to the actual nba is a little low is lower just because you don't have all the regular players here so you know these guys and most you know they're only going to be a handful of guys that are probably going to end up Starting or playing, you know, really heavy rotation minutes. So, For sure. so to expect a whole lot is, you know, you're going to get disappointed. But, mm-hmm. you know, looking for little things is kind of what this is kind of all about. Sure. And yeah, for, hey, man, and Allen, like, uh, so we got like the Brandon Ingrams and the Scala Bessiers really kind of retooling their body in the offseason. They've only had a couple months of offseason. Yeah. And then you've had like the Justin Jacksons and the, the Zach Collins coming straight out of college into summer league, you know, just a couple of weeks to prepare to expand their games. Yep. And you're seeing a 
Justin Jackson go one for 13 from three. You're seeing Alonzo Ball go two for 15 overall. Yeah. Don't take too much, you know, take this as a grain of salt, right? right? But Justin Jackson is a shooter and, you know, kind of has had an interesting summer league debut. Are there um, reasons for this? Are you excited about what you've seen from Brandon Ingram and Zach Collins and, um, you know, and the Lonzo Balls? Or are you kind of worried about certain people that are kind of in that draft lottery as well as second player or second year player uh, output? Well, I feel like it's mostly kind of what, what I expected. And I feel like for some of these guys, they may struggle with the NBA three point line because it's several feet back, yeah. at least from the get go. So. It's going to take them reps and more practice to get adjusted to that line, but but I I really liked how Ingram and and how he played and how Ball responded after the two for fifteen game. For and, sure, man. And I I thought the triple double and the thirty six points I thought those were really good, you know good performances from him. Yeah, for sure. It's just like it just it gets going to add the hype. This, this is going to be the hype for the entire season, right? Ball yeah. is life all day, every day. Yep. And every game is going to be such a visceral thing where you're going to see um, people in the stands now, people in the seats. And, like, this was the most packed I've ever seen a Lakers game in the like, last couple of years. And I've been to a couple of Lakers games in, in Staples Center, and there it's I can hear myself, you know? But <laughs> it was fun that, you know, it was a packed house, and um, especially that first game, and the Clippers, Lakers, nope. The Celtics Lakers game where yeah. um, they had like a twelve and zero start. The crowd was like playoffs, yeah. playoffs. <laughs> it was really cool too because you're seeing the dudes like Alex Caruso signing a two year deal. You're signing uh, players that are like kind of maybe afterthoughts and yeah. filling out roster spots, and it's great. But I gotta say, man, the best thing about this whole week has been just walking around, walking around with you, seeing you meet with people that you've you've been working with, and seeing random strangers that are meeting with people and then, then you've seen the Danny Ainge you see the Danny Ferry but then you see the LeBron James and you see the John Wall and his posse and his bodyguards and you see the Australian you know boy band of Ben Simmons and his crew and it's just a, such a riot and then you sit in the stands and guess who's behind you? Scott Layden, a GM, or a prospect behind yeah. us talking with his agent and you're hearing these like real conversations and then Right in front of you is Thibodeau, and you're like, I can't stop staring at him, you know? And yeah, like, it's just, you, yeah, you just The game is yeah. an afterthought. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah, it's just, the, you have the whole world in this space. I mean, yeah, yeah you see, yeah. you walk around, and, you know, Shams is eating chicken fingers yeah. in, the, in the lobby. <laughs> I'm like, like, I could eat chicken fingers. So, like, everything's super relatable at, like, the, you know, the fan level scale. And that's what's really cool, because really, you can't touch them. You can't, you know, you can't really uh, engage with them, except for Summer League. Right, I feel like that's the best place, yeah, the only place, really. Yeah, because that's your, yeah, you know, more or less, because everything's going on at once. Yeah, you know, you're going, yeah, you, know, you, you know, mo, you know, there are going to be moments where they're going to have their guard down, and you know, this is it when everyone is in one place, you for know, sure. at, at the same time. So, yeah, yeah it's kind of one of the advantages to coming here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and you've been able to meet with some people, and I'm sure you've been able to do take advantage of some of the, you know, the NBA 2K kind of events that are kind of just um, peripheral to the the Thomas and Mac uh, NBA Summer League, or I'm sorry, the MGM International or MGM Resorts International Summer League. Yeah, MGM I think <laughs> is a sponsor. So yeah. yeah, you lose track pretty easily. Yeah, for sure, and it's great because. It's two, it's like Cox Pavilion and Thomas and Mac in one little space. You don't have to really leave. It's just connected through a little mini skyway. And um, 
So you can see two games at once. You can kind of mingle, um, be very casual in your approach, but then really you can see some great action too. And that's what's really fun because these dudes are fighting for their lives to be on roster spots or to be on a G League team or to be part of training camp. And you're seeing them do some crazy things like flamboyant things like they shouldn't be doing. They should be doing the simple play because yeah. they're just trying to get that attention and they're trying to get yeah. that. They were the dudes in high school. They were the dudes in elementary school. Yeah. They were the dudes when they were coming out of the womb, right? Like, And now they're kind of an afterthought. They're a piece of a potential puzzle. And um, it's kind of fun to see them fighting for their lives. And I root always for them. And... Uh, you know, like the I don't know why I'm saying Ryan Costello, and I'm saying people like you know, um, was it Cooley from Sacramento? Yeah, Jack Cooley. Jack Cooley. And I'm not just talking about white, you know, big burly dudes, but I'm like just saying they do they hustle, they flow, and they're really trying to get you know, yeah, their absolutely. role is yeah, situated on a team. Find, yeah, there's yeah, because it's not just you know the NBA, it's not just you know the G League. I mean, every European scout here mm-hmm. is here too, so it's you know, some of these guys are gonna. You know, they're going to have to weigh offers like, you know, do I stay here, play in the G League, be maybe be one step away, or do I take more money with, <laughs> you know, with a European team? So, you know, there, there are real life decisions at stake here. So it's good to see, you know, at least, you know, for, for, for you know, everybody has a stake in something. So, for sure. So, it, you know, you get, you get a lot of, you know, a lot of pl- people's best efforts. Mm-hmm. I'm really impressed by both of you guys because the past couple of years you guys have been here, you guys gave me a small little excerpts of why you do things, certain things. Like you almost have it on rhythm, right? On you go to this restaurant, you go to this arena for this game, but more importantly, you stay at this hotel because the players are in this hotel. You go to the specific section in the Thompson Mac Arena because they are NBA media. There's NBA reporters and scouts and agents and and then the Danny Ferries like in in, in vicinity, you know. And it's just really like compelling and gratifying to see kind of like ride your coattails on this because it's really new for me and I could I would have wanted to sit front and center, uh, you know, as courtside as possible and just watch the game. But it's I've learned so much that it's not about the game. It's like it's yeah. about the you know the arena around the atmosphere around. Um, yeah. So how about how about some uh, questions from you guys? How about do you have anything to you know kind of add? Like what what does summer league really mean to you guys? Like. Um, you guys have a very unique perspective on this game because maybe you're not necessarily a fan of a team or even a fan of players, but you're a fan of the potential of you know high school to college into the NBA or international players from Australia into the NBA. You know, yeah. I could say, "Who is this dude? Where is he from?" And you give him, and you just drop it. You just like drop it like it's hot. Here's all of the information you have, and it's remarkable. It is uncanny to see the amount of information you guys can just pour out. So. I guess my question to you, I'm sorry, I'm saying a lot, but my question to you would be, so you guys come from this unique perspective, is it kind of coming to fruition? Are you seeing your categories of yellow, green, you know, and rated players? Are you seeing... You, you, yeah, it's like you kind of see the first step in it where it's like, you know, there's still a long way to go, but, you know, every once in a while, you know, you'll see a guy have a game where you go, okay, this is... Where what he's supposed to you know this is what he's supposed to be you know he's and then you know you get and at, at times you know you see when the player kind of every once in a while the, you know the light bulb flickers a little bit it doesn't go all the way on because that might take a few years but it, it is kind of interesting I probably share this one story where I was sitting um, 
Yeah, I had I had worked with Steve Curso. He had just announced a game, and the the Wizards were playing with Otto Porter's rookie year, and so so he sees this and he goes, "Yeah, what do you think of this Otto Porter guy? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm impressed with this guy. You know, it's first game, and yeah, you know. sure. And so yeah, he's coming from Georgetown where they play like super. You know, super slow pace. So, so you look at the pace at summer league where you know the ball's flying around, people are fast breaking like crazy. And Otto Porter is a guy who needs somebody to set him up. Like he was drafted to play off of John Wall and Brad Beal. Yeah. So those guys aren't there. You got summer league guards gunning for their own stats, and so oftentimes Otto Porter was just standing there in the corner just nothing so of course everyone's gonna make him look he's yeah you know, you know, he's gonna look terrible in this <laughs> environment right? in this environment and then we fast forward four years later he's got a hundred million dollar contract <laughs> because you know it's like he's you know figure you know he, he had to he has to learn okay he has okay I have to pick and choose my spots now I gotta figure out how to pick and choose my spots that's right, that's right. and then as you get more familiar with the system you sort of figure it out and so you're looking for okay you know it for a guy like Otto Porter is it like is he going to force it you know if he's in a situation where you know no one's getting the ball is he going to force it the few you know two times he touches it or is he going to still stick with the offense and it's a real subtle thing to sort of watch for sure especially if you may you may not have, you know fully understand why a pick was made or you know or who the player is even because right. a lot of times you know with you know people who are scouting from other teams like they're kind of being in you know especially some of the higher ups they're kind of being introduced to a lot of these people for the first time so right. for, sure, for sure you know not everyone understands everything right away so you know it's a long you know it's it's the first step of a very long of a you know of a couple of a multi-year process and that's the point right like this is just stepping stones seeing the growth from what they were in college what they were in high school to now and maybe even if they don't make a team between now and next summer league or now in the d league or g league seeing the growth within that because they are always working on their game you can see that in their players you can see it in their heart and soul and like what's really cool is like you can see even the the crowd getting behind players like you got this these international players like ding and um you know there's this dude from like motley from houston or something his name is and uh, he's not international but like they have a crowd backing them now. Yeah, and it's really yeah. fun, and as they're even their families getting involved and saying, "You can have the power," uh, to Motley as he's getting the boards. It's really fun. It's such a great atmosphere. Um, Alan, so like some of these teams really need this, but some of these teams don't, right? Like yeah. the Clevelands, the Golden States. Yeah, I guess the San Antonios don't necessarily need this, or is it actually very, very important for them? to be here and represent their teams and have their, you know, some of their players represent. Well, I think it's always good for, for teams to be here because while they're pretty much loaded in the front, you can always add to the to the back end of the roster, see who sticks, and then see who could be a long-term piece in the future. Maybe they might end up with a Jeremy Lin or a Wesley Matthews. My God, man, that's, or that's even, great. You know, hey, just guy just got his rights renounced. Jonathan Simmons was here. Oh, uh, no kidding. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio won this a couple years back, and Jonathan Simmons kind of came out of nowhere and was their, you know, second, third best player. Right. Yeah. Supposed to be kind of like a team that was built around Kyle Anderson. He played well, but, you know, kind of, you know, 
you saw glimpses of what Jonathan Simmons can do where you got this guy he can jump out of the gym he plays you know he plays crazy hard you know you know gives all kinds of effort defensively and so yeah I mean now that he's kind of you know kind of unrestricted I mean yeah someone you know someone you know we saw that or saw what he did in San Antonio. We'll pick him up. We'll pick him up. And so for a guy like John, you know, that's kind of, you know, the like dream, you know, the dream scenario for a lot of these guys at the end of the roster where they yeah. bounced around all over the place and you get, you know, one chance and it might be with the San Antonio where, right. you know, they're, they don't have high draft picks. So, you know, you don't, you know, it's not like there are guys in front. It's not like, you know, it was Sacramento where they have all these, high draft picks where there are going to be tiers of people where I think just last night, I mean, the third string point guard just now got minutes where, cause I think Frank Mason got hurt. Cause like, or that Frank, was yeah, De'Aaron Fox was, you know, was sitting, out. was sitting out just cause you know, they, you know, cause you know, they were kind of testing. It's like, okay, if we win yeah, yeah. one of these in advance in the tournament, okay, maybe we'll bring him back to yeah. try to win. But, you know, oh, if it's the first round and we get knocked out into the loser's bracket, then, okay, he then out. he can sit out and then we can give some of these other guys and who have been sitting for about three, four games. So, sure. so kind of, you know, for those, for, and even, you know, if you're from a team perspective for someone like Golden State, it's like, well, you know, you're pressed up against luxury tax. Well, you're going to need to find somebody cheap, you know, to occupy roster spots and be productive for cheap yeah for sure because you have a kevin durant making that million you you're getting the highest paid player so this allows yeah if you so if you find guys like this you can afford yeah sure those guys so you're not paying you know 10 million dollars on a role player of course of course um so um going into the tournament we've seen some pretty amazing performances going into the tournament what kind of um who are you looking forward to seeing the most? Or who, who do you think is going to kind of come out on top? Not maybe even players or teams. Just like, you know, just free-for-all. Like, uh, what are some players that you're looking forward to seeing in the tournament? And um, this is it's like a... This is kind of like a purgatory period, right? They're playing the concession games where the teams that lost are kind of playing in their, like, seated uh, mini-tournament of a one-game series. And then there's an off day on Friday and then the actual tournament begins on Saturday, Sunday, I think Monday. today is, uh, today is the, um, it's, it's kind of like the second, it's like the second. So like everyone who won last night yeah. is playing against the people who had a first round by first round by. So it's another, um, so it's kind of like a second roundish thing. And then oh. the consolation is tomorrow. And then oh, we're okay. starting to get semifinal, you know, like quarters, semis, <laughs> sure. you know, on the three days. So this is kind of another round, another kind of knockout round where, you know, you'll, you'll see some, you know, cause the, the people with the first round by at least want to, you know, Hey, you want to knock somebody out so you can get a day off and try to, you know, you get a day off and try to win this, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, and before you get to the real, you know, before you get to this, you know, so, you know, for, so it'll be interesting for guys like, you know, Dennis Smith and Jason, you get to, you know, you have, you know, you have some stakes on the line, you know, where before is kind of more, before, you know, in the early period is more showcase kind of, of course, of course, you know, of a showcase kind of game. So yeah. it'll be just, you know, cause you know, that's kind of what was kind of impressive about Lonzo last night where it was. You know, he came back and it was, you know, 
it was win or you know go to the you know basically more or less go home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So any any you could see a, the fire yeah. out of him too that yeah. game. Like uh, I heard, like the first half he was very passive and passing and um, just kind of getting the flow into sets, but not necessarily asserting himself. And I think halftime there was some sort of conversation with Luke Walton, and he just kind of shifted mentalities, and he was just a scoring wrecking ball. And yeah. I loved it. I love his uh, aggressiveness, and that's what you know really. This yeah. team needs, yeah, and it's and um, yeah, and on Philly's end in that game, I'm not sure that was a wise tactical move to press yeah. Lonzo where he's got where he's so good in transition in the open, open floor, court, yeah. where if you're gonna open up all these lanes by pressing him, I don't, you know, that only kind of helps him because he was yeah, because you give him a full head of steam to the basket, you know, it's you know layups. And sure. it was, yeah, it was, and you know, it might have been where they were, you know, like I guess in that first, you know, in that first maybe quarter or so, he had like, he had like about two or three straight like long outlet assists in a row, where it was just he or a teammate would grab a rebound, they just quickly hand it to him, and he'd like you know fire this like you know sixty foot outlet pass to like Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma right? Kyle Kuzma was like leak, you know, was leaking out, and oh. so you get like a couple of those. So maybe I was like Max to try contract to get... Kyle Kuzma, right? <laughs> yeah. And what are your uh, thoughts looking into the tournament? Um, like a Jason Tatum gonna continue playing, and Jalen Brown gonna come back and play some. You think you know what Richard's statement was true? Is you know Darren Fox gonna now come back and play a vital role in their in their summer league tournament push? Well, maybe. I mean, it's always interesting to see like who plays in the playoffs and. And who plays well, and you never know who's gonna who's gonna end up, you know, getting you know you know some looks. I, I remember I remember Ian Clark once dropped thirty three points in the finals of the summer league championship, and and he ended up on the Golden State Warriors. That's right, man. That's right. And um, you know, it's a lot of fun putting projections on players and kind of getting into the hype. But then you saw, like, last year, like, a Chris Dunn was uh, was picked as going to be Rookie of the Year or MVP of Summer League, and he kind of didn't really pan out. And so maybe some of these projections are a little false, and you don't want to just hold back, you know, stop the presses, and just, like, let them play, let them be kids, enjoy this experience, because it's going to be very, very, you know, cutthroat and basically routine for them coming in the next coming days. Um, maybe... Um, Let's go back to a little bit the lighter side, the fun aspect of what we are doing here. Um, there's an Almighty Baller uh, podcast network that's, if you are living in a cave, you don't know about. But if you aren't, it's just, uh, one of the biggest networks in the U.S., getting you with all teams, all aspects of the NBA. We're kind of a lighter um, analysis type of show, but what we do bring is a lot of fun and um we, we give it to you kind of raw and in the best take that we can, kind of coming from Seattle. Seattle doesn't have a team, right? And I think what's really great about what we are doing here is that we are kind of facilitating maybe um, the idea of a team being in Seattle as Seattle fans, being in Seattle. What am I fucking saying, man? Um, it's cool representing Seattle as like a growing community of basketball enthusiasts or fiends in, in Summer League here and just knowing that one day the CBA will kind of be uh, rehashed and there might be an expansion and 
Are you looking forward to an expansion where a team could come into Seattle? Are you looking forward to a team that could go into like St. Louis or Vegas even or Vancouver? Is that something that's happening here? Is the t- talks happening here at all? Because I've heard some conversations with Adam Silver kind of talking about the new rules of the NBA. And Yeah, I mean, I've heard that it's it might be opening up. I mean, it'd be kind of cool if it ever happens. I mean, yeah. it's just a matter, you know, it's just, you know, kind of, you know, kind of see if it, you know, if it ever actually kind of comes down the line because the one thing you always wonder is like you know would these owners with all the money coming in want to split their share of the pie one or two more ways and so it's like it comes down to you know someone you know like a chris hansen or if it you know jeff bezos from amazon wants to drop a couple of billion to into uh, into a couple of billion more into the pot you know and make this happen it would be yeah it'd be great for seattle because i think you know seattle does deserve a team i mean it's just you know just because it's an, it's confusing that it doesn't have one right now yeah like, this is one of the gro- fastest growing you know yeah. tier one cities in the u.s yeah, and it has all you know and then you had all this previous history with the sonics and yeah. so you know it would it would seem to make sense to bring them back right or yeah bring them back in some form you know if it's you know an expansion or if you know Somebody wants to move up north, up north to Seattle, but yeah, it'd be yeah, it'd be great to have a team. You know, it'd be great to have a team back in Seattle, for sure. Um, it wouldn't be an RTP podcast without some hot takes and some pancakes, some gluten free pancakes. Look at yeah. you, man! You're getting on the gluten free diet for whatever reason. Yeah, trying a lettuce burger because you know you want to be bros with me, man. Um, what are some hot takes, man? What are some uh, things look, you're looking forward to in the season, even? The players that are coming out of Summer League that are going to be role players, if not starters, on NBA teams. What are you looking forward to? What are your some hot takes? Like Lonzo Ball is going to be an all-star. Lonzo Ball is going to be Rookie of the Year. Jason Tatum is going to be, you know, Kevin Durant of the East. What are some hot takes? Or what is one hot take? <laughs> what is a take? Well, I, I thought Jason Tatum is playing really well out here and I think he could be one of the best rookies you know this season I know it's it's only the summer league but I thought he's really showing you know a little bit of everything and and what he can do for for Boston on on the flip side I don't know if he's going to get enough playing, playing time. time which could be an issue but I so far I thought he's played well out out here that's great great to hear and maybe you know, a hot take or a spicy little, yeah, that's mango mango salsa take. Yeah, I think with Portland, I think they're gonna find that they might have gotten better value with their second with Swanigan than they did with Collins because I think you know he's gonna he might come in you know maybe you know just off the bench for a few minutes but he could you know get buckets grab rebounds and you know he's got a little more skill than a lot of people would expect I mean yeah so so and then you know Collins he might have a little more you know he has he has some more room he has some room to grow he's a little for, probably a little further along than people kind of expected just because you know he didn't play as much at Gonzaga so right. so there may be you know, a little flip flop of you know of product uh, of the the expected production from you know draft slots where you know right. you're probably going to get you know the what you thought would you know happen from Collins, where you might get that from Swanigan. You know, and but you know, 
Collins might produce more like someone who got picked later. For sure, for sure. Yeah. It was very interesting and kind of perturbing or perturbed that uh, they made that deal, that Portland made that deal for the 15th and 20th pick for Zach Collins, a bench dude, you know, like, we'll see what happens. But um, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing the story unfold with Houston and San Antonio, if they are regressing at all, or if they're going to still stay on top. I'm really excited about Boston as a new, like a, a, a fan base kind of cheering them on. They were the one seed last year, but they were definitely not the top seed in the East. You could see clearly see it was Cleveland. But like with Gordon Hayward, does it refresh that enthusiasm? Does it make them a better team? They lost at Avery Bradley. I'm really excited about those kind of storylines in the NBA. I'm really excited about like biased, you know, the Jimmy Butler, the Jimmy Butler, um, you know, to Minnesota and um, seeing how that kind of unfolds. But like, you know, does Melo go to actually does Melo go to Houston before the season starts? Like, the moratorium is over, the deals are getting signed, the players are going yeah, for crazy yeah, contracts yeah, like crazy. KCP to LA for yeah, and then crab the, money. Yeah, so it's I mean, I think I think there might be enough momentum for Houston. I think yeah, is it yeah, you know, just yeah, you because know, rumors are rumors, but it does seem like there's more momentum for Houston to make that happen than Cleveland just because I mean even when we're talking Cleveland Cleveland we still don't know who who makes the decisions right in Cleveland so it's <laughs> and let alone you know how they're going to actually make that deal happen because in order to match the salaries the Knicks have to take back people they've already traded at That's some right. point in their in their <laughs> In there, oh my you know, god, JR Smith JR version 2.0. And, yeah, JR Shumpert, sure. Channing Fry. But yeah, Houston, you know, it's yeah, it's just you know, Houston wants to acquire him, the Knicks want to trade him, but then there's just okay, we don't necessarily want all the things coming back, so they're trying to get third and fourth teams, and right, <laughs> yeah, and then somehow Boris Dia, there's a deadline that Boris Dia has to get waived before I think the 15th or something and then some chunk of his salary becomes some you know some chunk of his salary becomes guaranteed and, the, and Utah might be somehow involved as one of these third or fourth teams to yeah. take on players so it's crazy even like last night overnight when we were all just like taking a snooze right like some international dude uh, who I think used to be in the NBA for Golden State Epke Uda I think yeah. his name is butchered his name i'm sure yeah, like Udo. He, there it is he's now a part of the utah jazz yeah and like the jazz there. kind of really did some smart moves like they lost hayward they sent him a nice little you know um destination and um they got some great pieces in utah and i'm still excited even though that they might be kind of retooling their rebuild of the darren williams carlos boozer mimit okur era <laughs> um you're seeing this new transition where it's like Rubio and uh, Burks and Hood and maybe Favors, but definitely a Gobert standpoint. And um, I think the steal of the draft, when I was talking to you about players, you know, I was really thinking about Donovan Mitchell. And oh, yeah, um, yeah. I think teams are going to regret passing on him. Yeah. And I think, like, even a fucking Portland will regret passing him because they probably needed something like that, even though they have Lillard and McCollum. They could have used someone like that. And, um, you know, Malik Monk looks all right um, from the, you know... Actually, no, he didn't even play, has he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, he was... Yeah, uh, Charlotte but was But he in, looks good. Yeah, Charlotte was in Orlando somewhere. Oh. You know, I don't even think he played there. He might not have played there. Yeah, sorry about that. 
Um, but like you know, some of these players look great. But I think the steal of the draft. You know, you saw talked about Caleb Swanigan making a bigger impact than Zach Collins. I feel like Donovan Mitchell is going to be this instant dude where we're going to look at you know two months into the season and be like he's probably top billing for rookie of the yeah. year because Jason Tatum is maybe third in in the depth chart for him uh, for Boston and maybe yeah. even with the Avery Bradley trade maybe he moves up a bit. Um, but a Markel Fultz has. Ben Simmons to compete with has a lot of playing time with all of the other guards and all the like the overhaul that that team has had and um, you know you might not see that and you might see Lonzo Ball go off the radar or off the wall in terms of uh, what kind of producing production and he can be um, shooting himself into a funk you know that he wouldn't be able to get out of but like a Donovan Mitchell like I think he from Louisville right like he looked like a two guard but I think he's the point guard for Utah in the future am I wrong? Um, you know, I got to see more of them in this. Yeah, you know, I got to see more of them to kind of really get a, a good feel. Good feel. But yeah, because it is summer league where it's just like, you know, if you if you, you have the ball in your hands and he's the guy, you know, he's going to have the ball in his hands at this event, you know, you know, you're going to look better. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he, you know, how he responds in Utah, maybe where he's got to share the ball, you know, where, you know, in, in their normal offense, they're a little more, you know, democratic about who gets the ball. So it's, For sure, man. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be you know, where he, you know, where he falls in line in that system where, you know, where, you know, he might not get, you know, nearly as many touches as he gets out here. So, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, he do- definitely does have a lot of upside that they can, you know, that they can count on. And there are going to be minutes because... Well, Hayward's not there, so... <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. And d- definitely that 37.8 steal performance was impressive. It was, ima- it was amazing, yeah. yeah. And even though Summer League, that stuff can translate, just like how he was playing and how he was positioned. He was doing the smart plays, I think, the whole game through. Hey, so, you know, kind of final takes, final final uh, stories, how about this? Of some, We're wrapping up tomorrow. We're, we're heading out tomorrow, I think. And we're going to maybe yeah. miss the ends or the epilogue of this tournament. So, you know, maybe like a, a Sacramento could win this thing or like a L.A. even could uh, or a Boston could. But um, how about like your the best story, you know, for you personally, you know, coming out of Summer League? Well, your, you know, ex- your experience with the, someone or an engagement with a dude or just the games that you've been seeing or the atmosphere in Vegas, the thing that you've done the most. What was your favorite thing? Well, hanging out with you guys to turn turning around in Vegas, being able to just, you know, see and do lots of different things. Yeah, for sure. And how about you? And then getting my ass kicked in 2K by you, huh? Um, I think I only won by two. I was, I was really struggling with my jump shot, and and so I was just trying to go on the fast break and, yeah. and, 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 and do the, the dunk button. But. <laughs> Doing the dunk button, all right. And then how about you, man? Yeah, I think along the same lines, it's, um, you know, kind of the connections you make out here. So it's connections between us just kind of hanging out here, just you know, hanging out here in Vegas, and then, you know, for professional reasons, just seeing people that, you know, I you know I don't get to see over the course of this year because we're all living in different places. So since we're all in the same spot, you get to, you know, reconnect with everybody all at once. So, you know, you stay connected to those people in your lives from previous, you know, stops. And so, so that, you know, this, and then, you know, you just have, and then, you know, there's basketball around everything. So it kind of ties it all together. For sure. 
Hey man, I can't thank you guys enough for just like taking me on this journey with you guys. Like yeah, no you guys problem, know this, problem. you guys know Summer League and the inside and back, you know, backside of your hand. And um, I'm like this little lost puppy, right? And I just like this lost fat puppy, and I just want to, you know, kind of just see the ropes because I think this might become an annual thing for me. Just like straight up, I might come here for a shorter duration next time because <laughs> it's a it's a grind, man. And um, running out of funds, how about that? But um, no, I think this has to be an annual thing. I think the more and more people that show up, man, it's just going to be a bigger and better thing. And I uh, can't wait to see what next year brings. Um, but we still have a season. So yeah. Yeah. how about this? Just because we're going to end it on a note of, you know, our favorite stories, favorite, you know, whatever. How about, like, predictions for the season? Oh, speaking of favorite stories. Yeah. So our friend Ian mentioned that Oh, yeah. That Lonzo was wearing Nikes. That's right, isn't that? The, that's 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 crazy. shit, yeah. You know, he uh, he and Ingram, for the first game of Summer League, wore the Zo 2s, yeah. and Ingram rolled his ankle on the Zo 2s, and I think, you know, I think uh, Lonzo pulled his groin with the Zo 2s. Wow. And then he took a game off, and then he came back with the Kobe's, right? Yeah. Oh, my God, and it was then crazy. Then he dropped 36 <laughs> and had, like, 10-plus assists yeah. in, in the Nike shoes. Man, and the that only reason... Be his go-to shoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's, yeah, and he had yeah, he was matching yeah those those Kobe's were matching Kyle Kuzma's and then yeah and then you just conveniently had LeBron sitting courtside <laughs> doing so an Instagram like, for seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, so you know predictions. All of this does this even matter? Is it going to be Golden State and Cleveland at the end of this day? You know, like that's what's going to happen this year. I mean, I feel like it's probably going to be Golden State. In Cleveland, but there's there's a there's a there's maybe a slim chance maybe it could be somebody else. I'm I'm really excited to see what Minnesota can do with with Jimmy Butler. I want to see if if they if they get a top four seed. Yeah. I want to see how high those kids can fly. Are you a Timberwolves fan now? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you were telling me you know offline that you might be become a Timberwolves fan. And then how about you, man? Yeah, I mean, I think like I guess yo. Golden State and Cleveland are still the early favorites, but I think they're going to be teams. You know, I think Boston's going to put up a bigger fight this year, just because at least you know they you know again the Gordon Hayward acquisition. Yeah. They're a little bit bigger on the perimeter, so they can kind of handle LeBron. You know, it's not Jay Crowder by himself trying to guard LeBron yeah. for forty minutes. For sure. So they have you know they have more bodies they can roll at them. Uh, so you know that like the that part at least that part that two way two team battle in the east might be a little more competitive sure. and then you know i think you know if you know depending on how houston's roster shakes out they might be you know they might do some interesting things to um you know to to challenge golden state a little more i think i do kind of think there's some foundation for chris paul and james harden to work where where if they you know if mike d'antoni ever just decides we're just going to just run you know one two pick and rolls or two one pick and rolls for like the entire game where either where James Harden gets the ball and Chris Paul's the screener. Chris yeah. Paul's got the ball, James Harden the screener, and then you have three guys just spotting up. Well, that's Mike D'Antoni's offense. You that's just it. switch the ball handler every possession and that and then you still get the ball in their hands all the time. <laughs> and that's 
pretty dangerous, you know. It's dangerous in terms of like like longevity for them, like the endurance for those two players because they get hobbled throughout the playoffs because you could see them yeah, doing, they, going all out for the season because they need to do yeah, that. Yeah, because they have to yeah. do everything. Yeah. Where now you, just, you can split the load in half. My turn, your turn. Yeah, yeah and so if that that's, you yeah. know, and then, you know, it's... Houston's roster is looking pretty good. I like how they're about six or seven deep right now, which is kind of yeah. interesting. They lost a lot of their depth in that Chris Paul trade. Um, and I'll be really honest, like, I'm really excited or more interested, rather, in OKC and San Antonio and seeing how they compete with these two dogs now, the, yeah, the Golden yeah. State and Houston. Yeah, see how Paul George fits in yeah. with Westbrook. And, and, then, and if he fits in. Like, it went yeah. from Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, James Harden, and Westbrook to, you know, Stephen Adams, Victor Oladipo, Sabonis, and Westbrook MVP, and then all of a sudden you lose all of that, and it's just like Stephen Adams, Paul George, and Westbrook. And, like, Westbrook is a machine. Is Paul George cool with being third fiddle even, you know, like second fiddle? Yeah, and is Westbrook going to dial it back a little? Because he had to with Durant, right? Like, so it's going to be a Durant 2.0 or Durant (laughs) (laughs) 1.25? Yeah, so we'll be it'll be very interesting to see all that and unfold. And of course, Minnesota is gonna be a lot of fun. Hey, man! Uh, shout outs to Paula Abdul for following uh, NBA Scouting Live. And uh, these are my boys, the Richard Lou boys, the Richard Lou boys. <laughs> these are my boys, the Lou boys from NBA Scouting Live. They've done some amazing things in the NBA. Um, I am so privileged and fortunate to have met you guys, and I'm riding this journey with you guys. Um, if you like it or not, you know I, I'm probably you're probably sick of me at this point, um, but uh, tough. <laughs> um, so where can we find you guys on Twitter, Instagram, Amazon, on your book? Little Gil, shout out to your book, man. Yeah, that's I, I'm not on social media, but I do have a book out. It's on Amazon, the NBA Draft Abs, uh, the NBA Draft Almanac 2017 edition. It's on Amazon. That's basically where you can find anything. I, you know, basically you can find all my analysis from last year, and I'm probably gonna put put out a 2018 edition sometime. Hell yeah, man. June, so you know, look for it on Amazon for sure, for sure. And then how about you, man? And then you can find me at Alan Blue. STL, A L E N L U S T L. Yeah, that's my tw- personal Twitter handle. Yeah. Or at NBA Scouting Live. Or at NBA Scouting Live. Yeah, yeah. where you can find Paula Abdul, and yeah. network that way. Yep. And um, yeah, of course, you guys can find us at Riding Underscore the Pine, um, part of Almighty Baller and Radio. And um, my personal handle is at Dota, but it might change because I might need a new handle, and uh, we'll see what happens. But. Um, you know, in the coming weeks, we're going to have some pretty amazing things. We're going to have a uh, big three league in uh, uh, the playoffs in Seattle. We're going to have the WNBA All-Star Game in Seattle. We're going to have some, you know, live ball uh, on weekends and maybe some random meetups for, like, um, you know, some off-season, you know, predictions and uh, team breakdowns. And we might really just read your book as a podcast <laughs> because literally that's that's the go-to information yes. for us and for all of you guys, too. Uh, yeah. And, um, all right, man, year two of Ryan the Pine with the Lou Boys. Let's go. And, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. And, uh, all right, shout out to you. See you guys. This has been a Vencast Studios production. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... 
Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, the pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.